I'm going to talk today on one of my favourite passages in the whole of the Bible. Uh, I can't wait uh, to try and explain this because it's so rich. It's so rich. And uh, I didn't angle to do this. Andy divided up what we were going to talk about. And uh, uh, when he told me that I would be doing this passage, I was thrilled. Um, this last year, lots of us have been anxious about stuff, uh, have been worried about stuff, have had concerns. And if you haven't, and I know there are some who have had a really good year, that's great. I'm really, really pleased with you. F pleased for you, <laughs> pleased with you. Um, but for many people, it's not been an easy year. And I would say that's the case for most of the country, and in fact, most of the Western world. And you may have been anxious about your health or someone else's health. You may have been anxious and be anxious about finances, about the future, about job prospects, um, uh, about stuff like that. And I don't know about you, but for most of us, when we get anxious, when we get concerned, when we have worries, we want to find ways of reassuring ourselves. And, and one of the things we do is we, we ask questions. We want to we know details. I find I, I can cope with life a lot easier when I know as much as I can what's coming ahead. Well, in this reading from John 13, 36 to John 14, 11, the disciples are clearly anxious and they ask three sets of questions. And their anxiety begins because Jesus, just before the reading that Liza read, in verse 33 of chapter 13, Jesus says, uh, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Now, that caused them to be really concerned, really worried, really anxious because they'd just given up their jobs, they'd given up their livelihoods to be Jesus' disciples. They'd spent the last three, three and a half years uh, following Jesus everywhere. And suddenly he says to them, I'm going to go away and you can't come at the moment where I'm going. And so they get concerned. So Peter then, so Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And then he says, uh, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I've given up everything for you. They're valid questions, uh, but they come out of a place of anxiety. Why can't I follow you? Can't you see what I've given up for you? Where are you going? Tell us. And Jesus replies with these words, and I love it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God believe also in me. He recognises that their hearts are troubled. He recognises that they're worried and anxious. He can tell from Peter's question. And he, say, and he doesn't say to them, okay, I'll give you the map. Okay, you can come with me. Okay, where I'm going is here's the address. He doesn't do that. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And the obvious question is, well, how do we not let our hearts be troubled? He gives the answer, believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in God, believe also in me. Faith and trust in the Father and the Son are the antidote to troubled hearts. 
And he says, trust me, trust me. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I've got it all in hand. And then he says the most amazing and comforting words. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? You see, he's told them, this is where I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And these words are stunning. Two things, two things that I love from this. The first one is he says, I'm going to my father's house ahead of you and I'm going to prepare a room for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Do you know he's doing that right now? He's preparing a room for us. And what staggers me, as I was reading this and starting to think about Christmas, the creator and sustainer of the universe is right now preparing a place for us, preparing a room for us. And yet, when he came to earth, when he came to us, we had no room for him. There was no room anywhere. And he arrived on earth. He was born in an outhouse, in a manger, in a stable, by a trough. We prepared no room for him, and yet he is right now preparing a room for us. And something else that is even more, for me, staggering, staggering. A little bit of Jewish history. In those days, uh, in Israel, um, when uh, a guy wanted to marry a woman, there would be a proposal of marriage, and they would get engaged. And, and that engagement had a legal status. Uh, but, and, but there would be a gap between the engagement and the marriage. And the gap would be for this reason. Once they got engaged, the, the prospective bridegroom would go to, back to his father's house and he would start building an extension to his father's house. He would start building a room next to his father's house, the family home. And when he had finished building the room, he would go back to his bride and they would get married and then he would bring her to his father's house and to the room that he had prepared for them both. And they would live there for the rest of their lives together. Jesus deliberately used the language of betrothal and marriage to say, I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you, to prepare a room for you, and then I'm going to come back. Don't let your hearts be troubled because I'm going to come and get you. And where I am, there you will be. You will be with me forever. Now, if you don't know Jesus or you hardly know Jesus, it's like, really? You know, I'd rather be watching cricket. But for those of us that have got to know him, who love him, where, where we are like the bride waiting for the wedding day, when we love him, there is nothing better, there is nothing more 
than wanting to be where he is forever. Eternal life is two things. Jesus says in John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And the second part of eternal life, the first part is knowing him. The second part is being with him. I prepare a place for you and I will come and take you there so that where I am, there you may be also. You might be with me. Eternal life is being with him. To live forever without him is not living, it's existing. It's existing for eternity. Who wants to exist for eternity? I want to be alive for eternity. I want to live. Jesus, Jesus said, um, I have come that you might have life that they, and life in all its fullness. In John, again, chapter 10, verse 10, he wants to give us not just eternal existence, but eternal life, full of joy. And that comes from being with our bridegroom, being with the one who loves us, being with Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Jesus. And then Jesus says to them, after having said that, he says, so you know the place where I'm going. I've told you, my father's house. And then Thomas, bless him, Thomas then says, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? He completely contradicts Jesus. And I love that the Gospels are so, 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 they don't hide anything. And he's called Doubting Thomas for a reason. And this silly question, you know, it's like, if I was Jesus, I would have said, did you not just hear what I said, Tom? Watch my lips. I'm going to my father's house. You don't need to let your heart be troubled. Even though I'm leaving you for a bit, I will come back and I will take you there once I've prepared a room for you. Do you want me to draw a diagram? He, if I was Jesus, I could have said, okay, okay, Tom, I'll give you directions. He doesn't say any of that. And doubting Thomas's slightly silly question elicits one of the most wonderful comments in the whole scripture. We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And so Jesus spells it out. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, he says you don't need to know the way, you need to know me. I am the way. If I get lost on my way to a restaurant and I don't know where to go and I ask someone in the street and they were to say to me, okay, you go down this road, third left, turn left, then you go down to the end of the road on the roundabout, the fourth right, uh, then you by the pub, you veer left and you go up the hill. After a while, I'm thinking, I'll never remember this. How am I ever going to get there? I'll never remember this. You don't have to remember everything. The way it works is he doesn't give us directions. He says, 
If someone says, I say, Where, where's this restaurant? And someone says, oh, I'm going there. I'll take you. Follow me. Walk with me. I am the way. Jesus doesn't show us the way. He is the way. Himself. He's not only the destination. He is the direction. Isn't that wonderful? And then he says, I am the truth. He doesn't just teach us the truth. He is the truth. There's nothing wrong with clever arguments. God wants us to use the brains he's given us. There's nothing wrong with um, intellectual, trying to understand the gospel. Uh, But in the end, clever arguments are never enough. Truth has a name. And that name is Jesus. Whenever we truly see Jesus... We exclaim, ah, I see. Do you know, um, I'm I'm nicking this from C.S. Lewis and changing it a bit. I imagine that when I get to heaven and I see Jesus face to face, I'll let out a sigh and I'll suddenly say, I get it. Now I get it. Now I see. Now it all falls into place. Right now, we have lots of questions. But when we see him, because he is, he embodies the truth. He does not lie to us. Everything will fall into place. And he says, I am the life. He doesn't just give us life. He is the life. He is the source of life, just as the sun is the source of warmth and light. He is, Jesus is, our warmth and our light. And the life that he is, is it, 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 it comes from his love. I, I said it already, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. The reason he came is to give us life in all its abundance, in all its fullness. That's why he came. He is not a way, a truth, or a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's who he is. We don't need to be shown the way, or told the truth, or given the life. They are all in Jesus. They're all in Jesus. And... And then he makes this this incredible statement that's controversial. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. It is an exclusive claim. And this is why we're told to witness to him um, uh, in, in our lives. We are left here to tell people about Jesus with our words and with our lives. And the reason that's urgent is because We get to the Father only through Jesus. Why only through Jesus? Why not other ways? For one simple reason, and he says it in the last part of this passage, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And then Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And what he's saying is, is I'm the only one who can show you the Father because I come from the Father and I'm going back to the Father. And the Father and I are so close. We're in each other. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. you, You only see the Father perfectly when you look at me. I am the way to him. I am the truth about him. I am the life that comes from him. They are the same, the Father and the Son. They're the same, but they're different. If you want to know more of that, read a book on the Holy Trinity. Too much to explain now. Everything Jesus says is what the Father would have said. And everything Jesus does is what the Father would have done. Jesus is the only one who can reveal the Father, not by explaining, to him, by explaining him or pointing to him, but by simply being the same as him. God the Son came to earth and took our skin in Jesus so that so that we might know the Father. This is a wonderful, wonderful passage. I want to encourage you to spend a bit of today uh, just meditating on these words. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Jesus. He is enough. And he's like the bridegroom. He's preparing a room for us in his father's house, a place for us. And he's going to come and he's going to take us so that we might be with him forever where he is. Get to know your bridegroom now. Pour yourself out on him. Let him speak to you about his love that gives life, the love that prepares a place for you.